The IO collection from Any Day is here. We designed it. It is matte black, and you can get 10% off your Any Day order when you visit us at cookanyday.com with promo code DAVE, D-A-V-E. It's the best way to cook at home or even a professional kitchens. Great to cook in, great to store in, great to serve in. It's a game changer using your Any Day for the microwave oven. Any day at <laughs> cookanyday.com, promo code Dave. 20% off Athletic Brewing, the best non-alcoholic beverage around. You can go to athleticbrewing.com and use the code ATHLETICGIFT20 for 20% off. And Cometeer Coffee, that is, that is like gold for us at our office. Cometeer.com slash Chang to get $40 off your direct-to-order, direct-to-home, Cometeer Coffee. It's a really great deal. And again, 10% off all Momofuku products at shop.momofuku.com. You can use the code DOMO10 for 10% off Momofuku goods. Or you can visit us. If you don't want to use that, that's fine. You can get 10% off. But we can't offer you 10% off if you go to the grocery store. The Kroger's, the Whole Foods, the Targets of the world that carry our products. Thank you so much for all of the support. And 15% off East Fork Pottery using the code Friend of Dave. And recently, we just recorded, I would say a couple weeks ago, and I don't know how to make this as transparent as possible, but we recorded a video called Make It Happen on our Major Doma Media YouTube channel where we make a chicken pot pie in 45 minutes. We did not plan this. We're going to try to continue to not plan making something and make it live. And Chris and I did it quite successfully. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Uh, at great, at great peril and with lots of sweat and almost a lost appendage. Yes. Yes. Did I almost do that to you? Yes, you yes. did. Well, <laughs> Chris legitimately had no idea what he was doing when he came down, but he did a marvelous job. Anyway, enough of this. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Alotengo, as always. I am joined with Chris Yang. We just got back from New Orleans. When you say we just got back, can you give them a, a even more detailed view of what that means? We just got back. So, for those that aren't listening, we have um, we're, we're helping out. We're joined the coverage of Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime of the NFL Thursday Night Football games doing a lot of culinary content. I've found myself on the live broadcast as well, which has been a surprise. And Chris Yang got to see it in all of its glory yesterday. So we, we filmed and we got to eat at some lovely places. And we'll talk about that in a second. I still have to get to posting a lot of that on social media because things got edited out. And we're going to be working on some other things with those edits, with what we covered uh, with the Amazon team. But we were there all week. Stuffing our faces, basically to get to the football game. For PFFW, I already know, sorry, we lost. I was on air. I, I think I said this, that why is, why is uh, New Orleans going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? On air, I said this. And again, this is in the cone of PFFW silence because Jacksonville is not as good of a city as New Orleans, food-wise. <laughs> I mean... Or otherwise. Or otherwise. I don't... Here's the deal. I was talking to some Jacksonville fans. They didn't disagree. <laughs> they know who they are. So we finished the broadcast. 1130. Mm -hmm. Chris and I had a flight out back to LAX at 6 in the morning. Car picked us up at 430. We proceeded to go out. So we got back to the hotel at 1230. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, I would say like much like SNL has a after party after, because like the work that goes into this, now Chris saw it, the work that goes in the coverage for the Amazon team is truly on another level. Outrageous. It's outrageous. What If, if you've never thought about it, we talked about it a little bit on the show now. Putting together a live sports broadcast is insane. Chang described it as, defusing a bomb every week. Yeah, a bomb that they make themselves and more complicated every week. 
But big shout out to Jared and Mark, T-Man and Pierre and Spoon and Betsy, the whole team at Amazon. They've been absolutely amazing to us and the entire team. When I say how difficult it is, I, I don't, I've now seen how hard it is to make live broadcast television, particularly sporting events, particularly Thursday night football. It has caused me to reevaluate anything I see live. Everything that you see from the coverage to the replays to the graphics, it does, I just don't take it for granted anymore. It literally is a whole village to make that happen. And every time I'm in that booth and the trailers and the production, it makes it feel like I'm in some kind of cross of air traffic control, a really tense moment, like the bear. Season uh, episode 10, where the, the pass is in the weeds. It's all of these moments combined, and it's a symphony. And it's the Hurt Locker, the movie. It's crazy. It's like, it's, it's like, watching, it's like watching a four-hour-long pit stop. Like a Formula One pit stop that lasts for four hours. Just so, going a million miles an hour. So we got back, and, and we were eating. And I decided to play Hero Ball again. And I ordered Po' Boys and like, I think they came at 1.30. By the time that came, or 2 in the morning, it didn't look cool because a lot of people had left already to go to the casino. This keeps on happening, man. And I know. I tried to be so cool. <laughs> this keeps on happening. We just, Chang, Chang, we get this idea of like, we're going to be conquering heroes. People are going to be celebrating us in the streets with these po' and everyone boys. was like, we just ate all this, this food. <laughs> like, what, what, we don't need this. What is this, po' boy? Okay. Al Michaels held one in his hand. I saw, did you see? He was just like looking at it with like big eyes. It was just sort of like cradling it like a baby. And I was like, what's happening right now? So they're awesome. Everybody there is awesome. And I can't speak more highly enough of everyone on the team. And I don't say that lightly. I'm not trying to blow smoke up their asses. But from Al Michaels to Chris Thompson to Andrew Whitworth to Ryan Fitzpatrick to Rich Sherman, Tony Gonzalez, they're all un- really Awesome people. Exceptionally kind and generous. Exceptionally kind. Really, really, really nice people. Amina, everybody. I wanted to say that I lost my voice when I was there, and I burst a blood vessel in my eye. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I threw my back out all while I was there. It was really hard. I was really worried about getting around. I was losing my voice. I, I don't know what, what happened. I, I'm a little hoarse right now, maybe because I was at the casino yelling and hooping and hollering. But the back gave away, so I was hobbling around. Chris was very kind. We talked <laughs> about that a little bit, about the luggage. But like that was just the beginning. We talked about that first when your back was out. We thought like that was as bad as you could get. I but woke the- up Thursday morning. <laughs> I go to brush my teeth, and I'm like, what the fuck? My, was my, my eyes bloodshot right now. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. So I immediately went to the doctors like, you got to do something about this. And I'm like, what is it? And they're like, it's not an infection. It looks like you uh, cut your cornea somehow. I'm like, probably because I took out my contact. I don't know, but this is not good timing. So it's quite stressful to say the least. Yeah, you were like, by the end of Thursday Night Football, you were like that plane in Hot Shots. It's just like, oh, there goes the other engine. No more landing gear. Oh, the wing fell off. And then you just like landed on the carrier. It was impressive. And then get to the Superdome to be on the ground because the Commander Stadium is such a hot piece of garbage, but the Superdome is amazing. It was unreal <laughs> to be on the turf, dude, on that live performance. And I think Chris got to see the the anxiety that I lived through. Well, I couldn't, you know, Dave has done, you've done a lot of live TV. You've done plenty of, you've got plenty of reps. You've got plenty of practice. But man, we, you walk into the Superdome and they drop the lights and they play this sort of like big, dramatic, like Ridley Scott movie version of when the Saints go marching in. And it's just, there's 80,000 fans roaring and you're, it just feels like your entire body is going to explode with adrenaline. And <laughs> then you've got to sit on the stage in front of everybody and say lines. And I'm like, that is, that seems really, really, really hard, man. It's really hard. Really hard. <laughs> but we did it. 
And uh, yeah, unfortunately, the Saints didn't win, and we are don't have the best record right now. Our algorithm didn't fail us. I just proved that Jacksonville had better food at that specific point in time in the world. But it was it was awesome. We are really tired. Yeah, this is all to say. This is all to say you didn't sleep. I didn't sleep because I was at the casino tables all night long. You didn't. You got back. You came back to the hotel, got your suitcase, and got in the car, and we came. Chris, home. Chris left us. I couldn't do it anymore. Chris, literally, I won't say who, but somebody says, "Hey, Chris, can you get us two more drinks?" I did order them. No, but you left. But the cocktail waitress was going to come around with you them. You left. And they Chris, never aban- them? Chris abandons us. He doesn't even I'm tell sorry. us that everyone was worried. Everyone, someone had left to go find you. No. Yes. Yeah, somebody left to go. Is Chris okay? He just disappeared. I, Chris, I, Chris, just Irish goodbye to everybody. I did. I did. What, I, right after someone said, hey, he offers, hey, can I get you guys something to drink? <laughs> Chris offers everybody, hey, can I get you guys something to drink? Everyone's like, yeah, I'll take this. I'll take that. I'll take this. And he never comes back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think people aren't worried i i I'd never i never i never irish exit but it was like it was it was and i also the worst but you're not even describing the worst part about my my exit yes i irish goodbye yes i i specifically didn't say goodbye because i didn't want to be convinced to stay for the extra one hour that i that you guys stayed I left in the middle of like some one of the most epic heaters of all time. <laughs> I just like I just walked out as like some incredible stuff was happening at the craps table and I just had to I had to sleep for one hour and it was a mistake. It was a mistake all around. I apologize to everyone who I owed drinks to. I apologize to you, Dave. But I not only that, like this ancestors. guy looked like he was gonna cry when he woke up. I was like, Are you okay? It's like it's like somebody like slumbered him out of, like woke him out of a slumbering, like deep sleep. It was, it is was like shivering. I didn't, I didn't really believe you, but I told you not to go to sleep. Sleeping zero hours is better than sleeping one hour. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> you, when look I saw how healthy you, I look, when I saw you in the lobby of the, of the, of Spotify, uh, an hour ago though, I was like, you look like I looked trying to get into airport security. You're just kind of like out on your feet. Well, uh, we're going to start off with the three things and it's not necessarily a recap, but the three things I'm thinking about. One is we're going to, we didn't get to the, the, the edit that's on Amazon about where Andrew Whitworth and I ate at. We went to Little Dizzy's, which really has some of the best white bean, butter bean, lima bean, ultimately um, pork on rice. Chris had it. It's delicious. That restaurant is so good. We went to Galatoire's, but then we threw a block party for Andrew Whitworth because the Superdome is where he's had some of the most epic moments of his professional football career. We had a an idea that I can't believe happened. I was like, we should just like invite a bunch of our friends and throw a huge party, and it did happen. We got Dragos, mm-hmm. which does specializes in beer and charbroiled oysters, oysters of Rockefeller. Yep. We got the Yakiman lady, Yakiman lady, which is the Chef Linda, Chef Linda, which is ramen. Broth made with New Orleans flavors. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Very hot, very spicy. It's exactly what I needed. We had Dina's Seafood, which is an institution. We had Acme Seafood. Acme also, Oyster. Acme yeah. Oyster, also seafood. We had Donald and Stephen of Cochon, Pesh, and Butcher, and a bunch of other restaurants. And they're just like, we've known a long time. They made a a um, a suckling pig stuffed with chicken and chicken stuffed with pork, and they didn't make the air, but they named it pig fucker and a chicken fucker. It was like it was an or it was a, a meat ouroboros. It was a pig, <laughs> chickens and a pig inside of. And a I pig. thought they were like I was like that name is fucking awesome, chicken <laughs> fucker and pig fucker. And they made boudin, and it was awesome. Who else were we missing? Oh, my Kermit. Old, my old buddy Kermit Ruffins came out and brought his trumpet, brought his banjo player. He hot sauces, wings, and wild rabbit. He smoked some wild rabbit. It was fucking so good. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, it was super, super good. Wild rabbit legs were delicious. I haven't had rabbit in so long, but 
The smoke on it was perfect. And he was like, this is going to be the best thing you're eating all day. And I was like, yeah, you are. You're right. This is the best thing I've eaten all day. I would eat more if I didn't have 18,000 calories today. It was a hell of a party, man. Hell of a party. Are we missing any restaurants? No, I think that is, I think that's everybody. Drago's had rolled up in a fire, fire engine. With a kegs and charbroil grill in it. <laughs> right. Like, And that's, that's like, again, there's a three minute edit. That's, you know, that's just what the football coverage is. But we're working hard to see if we can get lar- larger edits of this. But overall, I just wanted to say I love the city of New Orleans. I, I'm so glad that I was able to make an addendum to some of the things that maybe people don't want to see the Ugly Delicious because it didn't come across as well. I, I really, truly love New Orleans. I did say, and I still believe that Houston has more innovation happening, but I think it's a different way of innovation happening in New Orleans. And it's just awesome. Like we filmed at Galatoire's and we had a wonderful dinner at Commander's Palace as well. Man, we ate a fucking lot <laughs> in a week. <laughs> With like very few duds, if any. No duds. No duds. Uh, we did some order some some delivery. That was not great. But that was not anyone else's fault but our own. But uh, Commander's Palace was great. But Galatoire's to me is still single-handedly the coolest restaurant around. You said you went so far to say like favorite restaurant. I do think it's my favorite restaurant because while the food is great and it's institution and, and a lot of the recipes haven't changed in, since 1805, right? It's, again, what I love about why I love Balthazar, why I love certain restaurants where it's a mixture of tourists and locals and it's carrying on institution and legacy. It's just, what I want to mean is like, it's a restaurant that the decor, the ambiance, it's not, the way the restaurant is set up with the mirrors, it's not about the food per se. It is. It's not about the decor per se. The restaurant is to highlight the people in the restaurant. Yeah. And the the food is celebratory and it's delicious and it's festive. But it's a restaurant that has swag. Every server there has their own. It's a little bit like Peter Luger's, but different. You know, there's just easily one of my favorite spots. And I I took uh, Chris to a restaurant that I can never pronounce properly. Domicilis for the coldest beer in the world. Domicilis. 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 Whatever. Not a palindrome. (laughs) Not a palindrome. I I mean, the only thing I want to say about Galatoire's is this. You often talk about, because you always talk about like based on a true story dishes based on a true story experiences, going to Galatoire's is the true story. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you live and eat in America, you have eaten somewhere that has tried to rip off the Galatoire's vibe, decor, cuisine, the whole, the whole experience. But uh, you know, it, it is, you know, that was my first time inside that restaurant and it was, it was, it was a religious experience. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. So these are the three things I think about for New Orleans. One is, and this has carries over to the rest of America or just the world at large. The way that Creole Cajun country makes beans is the best bean cookery in the world. Better than the Tuscan region. Better than legumes cooked in India. Better than all of Asia. Tell me where, and better than Mexico. I'm going to say it. I believe that the most delicious bean cookery is in the state of Louisiana. And I think it's very hard to disagree with that statement. All you need is red beans. Just two things you need. Red beans and white beans. 
and I know that frijoles is, is a big thing, man. Like, I'm not trying to take away from rice and bean culture from Latin America. I know. But it doesn't have the... I'm not even talking about feijoada. I know I'm going... I'm going... I'm going to the mattresses here. I know I'm not trying to get assassinated here. I'm just saying, like, for me, I feel like bean culture in New Orleans is so fucking good. And it does take so much from the rest of the world. Hmm. It, it is, because it's Spanish and it's African. The reason I love it, it takes all of the good things from the world, and it's in that cultural melting pot that is in those two kinds of dishes. And there's all kinds of versions of the two dishes, but white beans and red beans, goddamn, man. <laughs> it's so hard to say in fucking, it's not the best, most delicious thing. When I think about trying to eat beans and rice, I love beans and rice, but that to me is my favorite. And I have to think that it's the best. I'm trying to think. I, I, man, I think you might be right, man. Just pork, just pork in whatever form. There's andouille sausage, some there's smoked ham hocks, there's just the bone from Sunday's dinner, whatever it is, just cooked with beans until it is just reduced to just pure mono. It's very different than the rest of the American South. Right, the bean cookery in New Orleans is very different, and it's very different. All beans and rice again. Humanity probably wouldn't be here without cod or beans and rice. Get that. But in 2023, for me personally, red beans and rice, white beans and rice, it's really fucking like just the best. The second thing I think about for New Orleans is having now had a lot more pull boys. We did order muffalata last night, and guess what? Nobody ordered it. Nobody ate it. <laughs> we ordered it. Everyone got into the po' boys. Mm-hmm. People looked at the muffaladas like, and they look good. Yeah. They weren't central grocery muffaladas, but. Nobody touched them. Nobody, nobody, even, nobody, nobody even, looked at them. Nobody even, you, yeah. know what they, you know what they looked at them like? Like they were like wrapped like a. How like ketchup packets <laughs> in a bag. You know what I mean? Like when you have like ton of ketchup packets, that's what it, the people just looked at him like, ah, I would right. give me a po' boy. Right. And this is my thing on po' boys. Oh, I'm interested in this. Cause last time out, I know last episode. Last in fact, out, I'm going to say right now, I still feel that it's not as highly deserved of its status in the sandwich world. But here's an addendum to this. I spent a lot of time in that that great city. I feel like locals don't eat shrimp po'boys or oyster po'boys. Most locals eat meat po'boys more. Mm -hmm. And I would say that cheeseburger po'boys, sausage po'boys, roast beef po'boys are the po'boys to get. So... If I I may have re, I may have to do a whole revision of my pull boy status. I feel like getting a seafood pull boy is like going to the Statue of Liberty for <laughs> to New York City or going to, you know, going to like, you know, the, the Chinese theater in Hollywood, right? Or going to Golden Gate Bridge or Al- Alcatraz in San Francisco. It's just that's what tourists do, but I feel like locals get smoked sausage, cheeseburgers, and roast beef, or some version of the two, three, you know, mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the fried shrimp, fried oyster, po' boys, or catfish. I would say even catfish, somewhere in between, but the cheeseburger I had, delicious, and that smoked sausage, mm-hmm. hot link, mm-hmm. last night, was tremendous. So, it's much more of an East Coast sub to me, a little bit more White Castle, White House, excuse me, from New Jersey. A little bit in that style. And I thought it was tremendous. Fully so dressed. you personally fully prefer dressed. the meat one now over the seafood? Yeah, I, I think the seafood is fucking just, ugh. <laughs> it's just I, not enough. There's not enough. And they're, they're great shrimp po' boys, but I'm not a fan of the shrimp seafood. It's interesting because I think that by default, you go to a place as a, as a non, maybe this is to your to your point. 
But as a non-New Orleanian, you go to you go to a po' boy shop and you think like, well, you got to get the shrimp po' boy. You got to get the catfish po' yeah, boy. Yeah, that's what tourists get. I, I don't think I, I think people are that live there that if they choose to get a po' boy, they're not getting shrimp. You, and you know why this behavior has become ingrained and doesn't change? Because nobody's ordering both the way we do. <laughs> the only way to find out is to order both. Yeah, yeah this go around, we ordered everything. <laughs> And the surf and turfs. <laughs> I love the, uh, yeah, the beef with the gravy, the debris, all of that yeah, stuff, I made man. I made a concerted effort to go for, like, po' boys this trip. And, uh, you know, and sandwiches in general. But you know what? Muffaladas didn't really make the list. And it makes me really question, you know, God, the muffaladas not my thing man, either. But the po' boy, hot damn. The beef one, beef one, cheeseburger, that burger one was outrageous. Was very good. I'm just saying, and you, next time you're there, or if you're local, hit us up. Let us know if we're right or wrong. I'm not saying that people don't know shrimp. I'm just saying that if you're a local, I think that seven out of ten times you're getting a meat over seafood. That's all, mm-hmm. right? It's like when you go to McDonald's and sometimes you want to fillet a fish. It's like the same kind of thing. <laughs> My third thing I think about for crystals is the dilemma that I didn't realize was a thing. Okay. Um, I didn't notice this in all my times there. And I've been there many fucking times, actually, when I think about it. Is the debate of when you choose a hot sauce on your table, are you choosing Tabasco or crystals? Mm. I think it, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is. I, uh, because they're both from, is crystals from, New Orleans is from somewhere. In, they're, I mean, I don't, they're both from Louisiana. They're both from New Orleans, Louisiana area, right? Yes. I here's the thing. In, it's this pep. Is this Pepsi versus Coca Cola? It's Crystals versus Tabasco. Pepsi versus Coke. At home, outside of New Orleans, I'm a Tabasco guy. When I'm in New Orleans, the crystal draws me in. There's a viscosity of it goes some places. Onto some places only nicely. have Tabasco. Like last night, I asked for hot sauce. They only had Tabasco. Mm. Nothing wrong with Tabasco. I, lo- I love Tabasco. I love Tabasco too. Listen, it's as iconic as anything out there. I'm just saying that this is when you really start peeling the layers and mm. you realize that, like, do you judge a person? I don't know. I've never had this conversation because I've never gotten this granular, but I now notice if you live in that area, do you judge somebody? Because they choose crystals over Tabasco. Like I do. Someone chooses Pepsi over Coca-Cola. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to call them back. <laughs> if somebody actively chooses Pepsi, I'm like, hmm. But I think, I think they're blessed to have both, you know, to... to Nobody to, says we're blessed to have Pepsi <laughs> and Coca-Cola. Okay, I'm just saying, is it the equivalent? I, as someone that's an outsider, is it the equivalent of getting... Pepsi but that, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same thing. Is it I, like Starry n- or no. Sprite? <laughs> no. No, no, because Pepsi is just a lesser form of a cola. I don't think either one is a lesser form of the other. They're different. They're very different. Well, good. Just like Coca-Cola. So we're just going to leave this out there for any of the listeners that want us to illuminate us on the, the, the intricacies of hot yeah. sauce. Yeah. I was going to try to use the word of the day, diaphanous, but that's not even the right way. I was like, the reason I paused, I was looking, I was like, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> that, there's no way diaphanous could work into this whatsoever. It was like really quickly trying to process. It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to go down in a blaze of glory right here. <laughs> the diaphanous quality of the hot sauces uh, was... Uh, you, could have a, you could have a crystal glass that it was diaphanous. Yeah, but not of hot sauce. Not a hot sauce. Anyway. We'll take a break. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Look to your left, look to your right. Yep, no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices well you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that most green powders and probiotics don't survive digestion? Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic is engineered in a two-in-one capsule to safeguard viability through digestion for complete delivery to your colon. A broad-spectrum probiotic and prebiotic formulated with 24 clinically and scientifically studied strains for whole body benefits, including gut, heart, and skin health. Visit seed.com slash Dave Chang and use the code 25DAVECHANG to start seeding today. That's code 25DAVECHANG to start seeding today. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. All right. This is a slice of life and we're going to go back to Domelisa's, the okay. cowboy shop. We've already talked about it, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to say that what I appreciate and what I hope to see more of are restaurants that are not of the, I sit down, I, I sit down, I order. That's one type of restaurant, right? Or I go to a register and I order and then I wait. I like the next step, the extra, extra superfluous step. It doesn't make any rhyme or reason, but I love it. I love these restaurants that make no fucking sense whatsoever. You order and you go somewhere else and then you pay and then you go somewhere else and then you pick up. It could be three steps. could be two steps. But you order. I mean, I think most places you order, you you may pick a number and then you sit down. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one that actually makes no sense where you order, you pay. And you pick up somewhere else, somewhere else, all three different spots. Katz's delicatessen is sort of, sort of like that. Katz's adds the extra layer yeah, of like, here's you a, lose a ticket. Here's a ticket as you walk in the door. And I just want to say that I think that's what makes Katz's like so fucking amazing is the punishment. If you lose your ticket. Yeah. It's like you go to jail, literally yeah. like monopoly back to the back to the back to the yeah. end of the line. Yeah. There's something awesome and, and physical and, 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 and just beautiful about the inefficiency of it all, mm. right? There's a baker in Italy that I love too. That where it's in Milan, where you order. No, it's four different places. You order your bread. You order your coffee at another place. You pick it up at two different places, and then you pay at two different places. So it's this ping ball machine of like people and activity. I love the crisscross. Sometimes like Portos in LA might have it. I, I just, I, I wish we found more ways to have inefficient restaurants because there's something that adds to the beauty of it. There's something that adds to the mystique of it. There's something that adds to the whole sort of a, well, it's just character, right? Yeah. It's just, this it just shows like, it wasn't like some restaurant consultant was like, this is what you got to do. I just, like, you're getting to know the place. I want restaurants to embrace things you're not supposed to do. Just an idiosyncratic yeah. thing. Just to fight the onslaught of. Well, I, I, I hear you. I mean, <laughs> that's what Yangban had when they first opened. Oh, yes. Yangban had deli. Delis are fucking great because it doesn't make any sense. But it's not just about ordering. I'm not trying to say because that's not become commonplace. You order, you get the number and you pick up. There's got to be one extra step of like, what? <laughs> like, literally, when you walk in, you're like, yeah, you don't order here. Like, well, then. Why Domelisis is great is you walk into the door, the first place you get to doesn't make any sense if you think about it, right? Just the way the point of egress is. You walk into the door, the first place, the point of contact is not where you order. It's actually on the 
You have to go through the tables to the other side of the restaurant, yeah. which is not big, but you got to like, your ass is going to be in people's faces while they're eating sandwiches as you like slither across. <laughs> you order at the counter, right? First, you got to wait a long time. Then you got to order. And then you got to come back around your ass hitting people's faces again <laughs> to pick up. Yeah. Right? You pay, you wait, you, you know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. You should order right there and then pick up somewhere else. That's what I marvel at. It doesn't make any sense and I fucking love it. Yeah. I, There's I, also another exit on the other side where they could just go like an L more, more efficiently, but they won't do that. And nobody walks in that door. Nobody walks in that door. That's interesting. I know. That's interesting. So if that makes any sense, there's literally two points of egress where you could make this more efficient. You know, I, I didn't understand. I, I actually, I'll be totally honest with you. I did not understand what you were talking about. I didn't understand what the appeal of inefficiency was. And then I thought about this weird thing. In more recent years, if I go to a movie theater and I order popcorn, they ask me if I want butter and then they put butter on my popcorn. and Something about that where, it, you know, it used to be you order your popcorn and then you got to go over to the weird butter station and figure out how to like butter your own popcorn. And losing that step is like part, like that was part of the charm of going to the movies. It's just something that you know is part of going to the movie theater. Go to Domelisa's. Part of the charm is I know I have to navigate this room three times in order to get my food. I understand on that level. It makes something its own. Like, it gives it a unique way of, of dining at this place. You know, and while it's not in the same sort of exact genre, Philippe's French Dip in L.A. is another one where you, you're just like, what? There's sawdust on the ground and there's a convenience store, like, selling lollipops and newspapers from what? Mm-hmm. And then you basically get your own server while you're waiting in, like, some 1950s getup. And it doesn't make any sense. It's so inefficient, but efficient in its inefficiency. So. That's all I was trying to say is like these restaurants that were not designed to be quote unquote cool hip restaurants. I'm sure there's a few hundred of them that are awesome in America. That's all I was trying to say is what I think about the slice of life is the idiosyncratic restaurants. When you really think about it, you may be going there your entire life and think like, oh, that's normal. But if you've been going to Cassis your entire life, you're like, that's normal to get a ticket. But there's nothing normal about it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And I just don't know how we get more of these restaurants to do something that is not what you're necessarily supposed to do. Because we need. More. it's not just about the kind of diversity that's on the plate. It's the kind of diversity of restaurants and how you order and things. And it's why I hope buffets come back. You know, that's mm-hmm. my prediction. I think buffets are going to make a big comeback in general. Yeah. That's a completely different subject. But yeah. anyway, that's my slice. I'm going to stick to it, and we're going to move on. All right, we got a dad's edition. Halloween edition. You know, what's up with this? Yeah, so we haven't had a dad's in a while, so I just want to do a quick uh, dad's about Dave and Chris. Are the kids dressing up for Halloween this year? And are you guys going trick-or-treating? I think I'm on the road. Did I'm on the road so much, man. I, I'm traveling so much. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm on the road. Nope. I'm, I'm on the road again this Monday. I'm gone. I'm gone every week until February. <laughs> Which is, by the way, how we end up recording back-to-back podcasts after one hour of sleep yeah. on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I'm doing it. Ruby's going at Hermione, I think. My kids are basic as hell, man. And uh, that's not basic at all. That's dope, dude. Keith is going as um, Marshall from the Paw Patrol. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, I know Dave. You're not like a big. You're not into. I don't. You haven't. I I, I told you. I don't. I don't dress up. I don't dance. I I don't don't either. But you got to do it for these days. No, man. It is. No, it's. It's. No, 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 no. I think it's. It's. uh, Hugo's going as a special forces operator. And uh, Gus is going as a fireman. Yeah. <laughs> They're first responders, basically. Yeah. They're just going yeah. as, as our nation's yeah. first responders. Yeah. Will they trick-or-treat in your neighborhood? Uh, yeah. 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 Last year, Gus went as like a, as like a, Marguerite got him a, uh, I should look it up. It was like a turtle. 
who's so cute. Now he wants to go as a fireman. <laughs> How things change so quickly. But I, yeah, I'm not, I'm into the chaperoning. If I'm in town, I haven't even looked. And I'm sure if you're listening, we'll go, How could you not know? It's like, dude, I don't know. I'm going like 48 hours out <laughs> on my schedule. That's why I'm so run down right now. I am not going to get dressed up. I will never get dressed up. Never. Try me. You think that who's going to win this bet? Well, it's just here's here's here. I never want. I, I don't like dressing up. I don't like dressing up either. Here's the thing that convinced me that I have to dress up. You know what looks bad is when you go and I've experienced this when you go to some kind of Halloween function with your kids and your wife and your wife is dressed up and the kids are dressed up and all the other families are dressed up and you're the <laughs> asshole dad who's just wearing a t-shirt just refusing to dress up. That. Well, that's your, me. that's your fucking costume, asshole dad. It's fine. Asshole dad is my day-to-day costume. <laughs> that's my, that's my casual yeah, I'm Fridays. Not, I'm not, I'm not getting dressed up. You know why? I'm not getting dressed up for environmental reasons. Uh, here's why I don't want to get dressed up. I, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to buy things unnecessarily. You know, you, All right. can I, can I give you my little slice of getting dressed up last year? Last year, I last minute bought a Super Mario costume because Ruby wanted me to dress up as Mario. And that's racist. Uh, Super Mario, not not an actual guy named Mario from Italy, just the video game character. I wasn't like, hey, I'm Mario Scalapine. Oh, did, God, you ever, did you ever read how uh, Nintendo fucked over the inspiration for Super Mario? Uh, what do you mean? Super Jumpman? No, there was like a custodian. No, the landlord of the original Nintendo building. When Nintendo was a fledgling Oh, they just based enterprise. on a real person? Technically, supposedly, allegedly, based on the landlord of the warehouse that Nintendo America was based in. Was right? like an Italian guy? Was an Italian guy with a mustache. I don't know if he's Italian, necessarily. All I know is that like he had a mustache. And he was the, the muse. As they were... Like, I think going to basically go out of business, right? Because they were, he was very lenient with them too, because they were always late on the rent or stuff. And never got credit for being they made Donkey Mario. Kong. They made Donkey Kong first. If you are old enough to remember, which you're not, Donkey Kong was before Mario Brothers. And Mario Brothers then turned into Super Mario Brothers. Sure. So the Mario Brothers game, but the first Mario was in Donkey Kong. And yes, that original person I think was their former landlord and he never got a cent to his name. So c- congratulations Nintendo for doing the right thing. I like to imagine that this this did landlord... I, did I get that story right, you know? That it actually does check out. His name is Mario Sagale and he's not a plumber. He's a wealthy real estate developer in Tukwila, Washington. He's chill. He's fine. But I also like to imagine that he literally was was wearing the little he's Wario. Wario. and red hat. I really quick my slice of this. I got talked into a last minute Mario costume. It had a padded belly, but there wasn't enough padding for it to be obviously padded. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like a, a medium amount of padding. So if you saw me in this costume, there was a 0% chance you think that I had a padded belly. You were just like, damn, Chris is fat right now, man. <laughs> it was like, I, 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 I wanted to put more padding in <laughs> to make it look obvious that it was padded. It just made me look fatter than are you really trying to you know have an excuse a year later (laughs) to anyone that might be listening that saw you no i was like no it's i'm fighting i know i'm fighting an uphill battle jamie posted a photo and i had to comment on it be like there's a padded belly in there so on candy consumption i'm going to give away apples this year (laughs) candied apples no you're not i'm going to give away Ceramic mugs. <laughs> I'm going to give away number two pencils. So, you know, there's a, we were, we were watching like the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown or whatever. I think there's, that book is fucked. It's really bad. But <laughs> it's just like, they're so mean to Charlie, man. And I got a rock. Yeah. So my question is this, in whatever era that was, 60s, 70s, 50s, Americana, America, was it really a thing that if I, you know, I'm, I'm answering my door, some trick-or-treaters as a adult, I would play a trick on some kids? I'd be like, candy, 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 rock? Is that really how things work? Because we should do no, that again. I don't think so. 
don't know. That was just Charlie? I have no idea. Mm. But that's also a children's book that I don't give a shit about. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I mean, I doubt they did that. Maybe they did. But what do you think about all the... Think about all the stupid shit that we've done over the years. <laughs> like terrible things. Yeah. Terrible, terrible I mean, things. I, 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 again, I would, I would, have I would, you I would have gotten a trick or treater. Do people come to your house or anywhere you've lived? Kids come to your door? Well, in New York, I never did because it was like in an apartment building or something. Yeah. It was right? awesome. Yeah. Never had to deal with that shit. Yeah. I mean, I think we just leave candy out front, take as much as you want. Mm. That's the way to go. Yeah. Leave us alone. <laughs> I mean, that's better than the other thing that, like, my what you, my parents do now is just turn off the lights. Ooh, well played. <laughs> I'm like, Mom and Dad, this is well so played. rude, man. Well played. You want a real haunted house? Go away. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm just like, Mom, you're, like, a really sweet person, but you're getting a reputation as, like, the mean old Chinese lady who turns off the lights on Halloween. Yeah, no, I, I just don't think kids today are getting smarties. Ugh. I love Smarties. You like Smarties? Like, yeah, yeah. You crush that up. You snort it. <laughs> that's Smarties how you, are that's just how like you, baby tums. Listen, listen. You crush that up. You snort it. You know you you you're a real sugar high. It's a real sugar high, dude. Dude. <laughs> so horrible. You do that as a kid? Snort Smarties as a you kid? You crush up the Smarties with your pumpkin fucking lantern thing? And I can't tell if you're joking. And snort it with... <laughs> Snort one of those uh, sugar pixie straws. <laughs> <laughs> the burn feels so good. Just the trip in the back of your head. the eight-year-old me knew what was up. <laughs> that is the most horrifying thing I've ever heard. That's a joke, folks. All right. I don't know what we're going to get. We'll probably get some grab bag. Just buy a big old bag of candy. I got my first Costco card. Oh, so did you? Go to Costco. Yeah. yeah. I did. I did. Because you felt like you needed to start going and shopping. Because you got wait. big boys. I got big boys. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I just, we had to. You got, you got to feed those big boys. My kids have, I'm just, I want to be the Costco guy with a big push cart. Not the, not the silver one. I want the flatbed. No, no, no. You can't fit as much on that. But I just want to have that thing. You sound like a fucking five-year-old right now. <laughs> I just want it. I want a bean feast. All right, let's take a break. We are partnering with Audi on a new segment, Progress You Can Feel. The fully electric Audi Q8 e-tron brings true craftsmanship and stunning performance to your journey. With fast charging capabilities and impeccable design, Audi knows that how we get there matters. So here's a story of how I got here. One of the things that we started, I think, maybe 14 years ago at Momofuku, maybe longer now, 15 years ago, was we wanted to have a laboratory where we could just be focused on research and development of foods. And I didn't know if it was something we were going to be able to monetize, but I did know that we wanted a place where we could develop ideas and just have a place where culinary questions, thought, process technique could be explored and it was not going to be something that I, when I say monetize, I didn't know if we were going to make anything from it. And that wasn't the point. It was a place where chefs could come into the office in the East village and ask a question to the team there or say, Hey, how does this ingredient work? What are the properties? Or maybe there's some new technique that, that they want to learn. So it was a library of things. What I didn't realize was what we were going to stumble upon was that at the time, what everyone wanted to know was how to make something more delicious. And at that time, the word of mommy, the word of glutamic acid, the world of MSG were things that people knew very little about or were afraid about. And unbeknownst to me, the lab, because it wasn't, it didn't have to worry about cooking for service or customers. It was just free to focus on what the most flavorful developments were. And we started to unpack all of these things about how we taste and the microbiology of taste and how food can be manufactured in certain ways in a natural way to get a certain taste profile. So we started focusing a lot on fermentation because 
quite frankly, almost everything that's fermented is delicious. And that took a lot of trips to Asia and a lot of working in Asia and Japan and just spending time. Even We even taught a class at Harvard at the Food and Science Program for four years. That's how much it sort of progressed where we're working with some of the best food minds and food science minds in the business, at least in academia. And I didn't know it at the time. But what we were doing was sort of planting the seeds for another business for Momofuku. Because what we really began to do was become a flavor house. And all of these recipes that never made it to the public, we started to make fermented things that were in the form of how people might make misos or a soy sauce or how Korean people might make kangjang in different ways, with different ingredients. with pistachios and pine nuts and chickpeas. And we made all kinds of wonderful new ingredients through fermentation. All the while, we were creating the basis for what became our consumer product goods business, Momofuku Orchards, which has developed all of these instant noodles that are air-dried, the soy sauces, the chili crunch, the pantry items that has the salt and savory spices. It's been a remarkable journey. But if you want to draw how we were able to open a whole new line of business that is really growing rapidly for us, it would never have happened if we didn't take that sort of that idea of starting a food lab many, many years ago. There's, I just don't think that we would have had that by, by dedicating resources and time to something that we thought was sort of a luxury, not even a luxury, maybe even a waste of money sometimes. It really created the foundation for everything that we're doing now. And I, I couldn't be happier because you can't connect the dots when you're in the moment. So, you know, I had no idea that that would be so fruitful for us later on. And I'm so glad that we did it. Because a lot of people said you shouldn't do that. But at the time, I was really influenced by some of the great chefs of the, of, of the past 25, 30 years. The Ferran Adrias, the, the, the Anthony's of Mugritz, the, the Heston Blumenthal's of the world, the, the Elena and Juan Marie Arzacs. There are many chefs, you know, our good friends uh, at Noma. Everyone was starting a lot. Not everyone was doing it, but everyone was started asking the same questions of why and how. And those questions of asking why and how food acted a certain way or how food tasted a certain way really, again, laid the foundation for where Momofuku is going today. And the lab has evolved into something very different and I couldn't be happier, right? So something that was sort of just a wild idea has turned into be, you know, the future of a lot of the things that we focus on today. So it still makes the lab and all those ideas still are responsible for the flavors that we put at the restaurants, but also the, some of the stuff that come up with, uh, for many of the things that we come up with uh, Momofuku Goods. There's progress, and then there's progress you can feel. The Audi Q8 e-tron is just one model within the Audi e-tron family of fully electric vehicles, preparing for a future that is exhilarating, exciting, and thrilling. Audi knows that how we get there matters, and they have the electrified vehicles to make the journey well electrifying. Audi, progress you can feel. Learn more at AudiUSA.com slash electric. You know, we got a mini moif. What do we got here? All right, guys. Here we go. It's uh, We're going to do a meet and three dream team. All right. So I want you guys to specify, if you can, what restaurant you would want your meet and three from. And you can just pick different restaurants for the three. but uh, or Or if it's something that you make or wherever it's from. But a meet and three dream team. We've got the uh, the meats here. I'll just go through a quick lineup. Fried chicken, fried pork chop, ribs, brisket, pulled pork, you know, fried catfish, roast turkey. And the sides are your typical southern sides, collard greens, mac and cheese, uh, beans and rice, which we've talked about, cornbread muffin, uh, candied yams, french fries, etc. The list goes on. But just make your dream team meat in three. I mean, that's so tough. I mean... You got it's too hard. <laughs> I mean, I, I need specificity. Like, in what region? 
let's stick to the south actually if we can and um how about well clearly my number one choice would be if arnold's mean three was still open in nashville i just whatever right but if i was gonna go i'm not going for mean three if it's barbecue then I probably am not going to do brisket. I'm probably not going to do pulled pork. I'm probably definitely not doing grilled chicken. I'm not going to do fried catfish. Definitely not doing roast pork. Probably not doing ribs. So I'm going to isolate it really to the fried chicken or fried pork chop. More than likely, I'm going to go to a fried pork chop in in this list. No question. Or it doesn't even have to be a pork chop. It could be a smothered pork chop. We had a great one at Little Dizzy's, but pork chop to me is... A little bit more, how should I say, sandbag friendly. Granted, ribs and brisket and pulled pork are, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to a barbecue shop, right? We have to give a restaurant. If you just pick one restaurant that you would get this dish from. I, we had a great smothered pork chop at Little Dizzy's with oyster dressing, and it was tremendous. It was, it was super, super good. It was collard greens, mac and cheese, and cornbread. but. I'm definitely on the on the sides. I'm not going mashed potatoes. No fried green tomatoes. No, definitely no okra. No potato chips. French fries. Hell's no. Cornbread dressing. No. I'm going. It's beans and rice, mac and cheese, collard greens. That's it. I'm not a cornbread guy, unless it's like, no, no, no cornbread. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, I was really bummed that Willie Mays was not, Willie Mays was, was not open because their white bean butter beans are very good too. So my meat and, meat and three dream team would be pork chop. You got to get, this is a little bit like when you go to like a Panda Express or something. When you, do you go double starch? Yes. The answer is you go mac and cheese, beans and rice and collard greens. If you're feeling lucky. Then you get the muffin, but the mu- uh, cornbread is probably my like least favorite thing. And I get stuffing or dressing on the pork chop, but anything that's potato, I'm not getting. I'm not a mashed potatoes person at all uh, when it comes to this kind of eating. Uh, it's a double starch. That's rice and a mac and cheese. It's always rice or dirty rice. If, let's see here. If I had to choose between, if they have dirty rice and red beans and rice, I'm going to go dirty rice and red beans and rice. For sure. Double rice. (laughs) Doing double rice and a mac and cheese. It's triple starch with a side of collard greens. So, yeah. That's what I would do. That was like a meat and six. No, 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 no. Pork chop, dirty rice, beans and rice, mac and cheese with a side of collard. The side is a real cheat. What do you think about? I was, this is what I was thinking. What do you think about the meat and three just as like a as a format? Should it be more widespread? I mean, basically, that's what people eat anyway. But it's just not going to be in vogue because people don't want to eat that way. I was, trying, I was trying to remember the name of this restaurant. I was in, in Alabama. So I think there's like a, a large Greek population in like Birmingham, and there's a Papa. Uh, Johnny's in Homewood, Alabama is like a Greek in three. And it's like, you get like souvlaki or you get like kiftedis or whatever, but then also like fried green tomatoes. And I just like, it's really delicious. Again, like it may come back and that's what I'm in buffet. Like again, when I used to grow up, when I was younger, my grandparents used to take me, if we weren't getting Japanese food, we'd go to the hot shop, which was started at my, the Marriott chain. Marriott chain was started in the DC, Maryland area. And the hop shop probably wasn't started by Mary, but it was bought. But it was basically a, um, you know, uh, like a meat and three spot, right? Where you would get a tray, green tray, and you'd say like like a lunch cafeteria system. Old people loved it. I love fucking hot chef. And had two P's in the name, right? S-H-O-P-P-E. I think maybe two E's. And <laughs> like an old English. Yeah. Hot shop. <laughs> And I remember my my grandmother would always get liver and onions. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I sort of like liver and onions, but I could get like Salisbury steak and all kinds of other things and chocolate pudding and jello. But it was like going to a lunch cafeteria or like a buffet, but it wasn't. You got your meat and three just done in a non-Southern way. I just don't know if people want that because it's not Instagrammable. It's, it's too practical mm-hmm. for people. 
And maybe we'll come full circle and we will get to that point, but I just don't think it has that, that it satisfies that immediacy that people need when they're getting food. Cause it's just, it's almost like something glamorous about it at all. It's like plop, plop, plop. I love that shit, but you know, yeah, but it's not like there, there's something about getting that in a, that kind of small experience that allows you to, Something so transactional that allows it to happen in a mall. I think there's something so transactional that allows you to be okay in a mall. Especially when you're in like a food court and everyone's eating it like that. But when it's a restaurant and you're walking in, there's lighting and it's not necessarily, you know, in a shopping mall where there's like, you can buy bourbon chicken and, right, right, you know, pizza and a gyro over there and cheese, like, you know, frozen yogurt over there when you're walking in and there's banquets and dining and everything. Right. I just don't think it you're works. describing the scene. I needed a mall. Like I said, I, I haven't, I didn't grow up with any of it. So when, when we were over at, at little Dizzy's, that's like the closest I got. I love the beans. I love, I like white beans and I love collard greens. I've never been drawn to the pork chop. Really? I don't, I really, I didn't have an experience like eating it in that form. You know it's got a good, great pork chop. Waffle house. That's true. So I don't know. I don't have an idealized, I don't have utopian meat and three. I just want to see, I, I really liked the one I had at this Greek place. I really like when I see it in Chinese context, I would like to see more of this sort of thing. I think when like smoke queen does it at, at Smorgasburg, like that's like a pretty cool version too with, with Chinese pork and stuff. So I don't know. I have a weird answer. All right, next. All right. The best boba drink, smoothie, slushy, milk tea. And then what flavor? What's, what's your boba drink? My boba drink is anything that's a milk tea with the salty caramel right now. And uh, yeah, 50% sweet, salty caramel. And uh, it, I, I think it's probably like 1,100, 1,200 calories for you. So it's, yeah, it's not good for you. But I think the salty sweet is important and you need to get that milk, that milk foam, whatever they put on top. Mm. And it, like when we go with, say, Chris Chan or other people that are like Taiwanese, they get like real, like authentic. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? You're basically getting like d- distillation of ginseng and like right. juju bees. That's gross. Right. You're not getting this for help. Stop it. Don't right. get an actual tea. Right. This is freaking dessert. You're like, oh, I want the jasmine with grass jelly. God, <laughs> pisses me off. I think my my utility one when I feel like some modicum of self respect, I just order like a yeah Hong Kong style milk tea, or I just order a, a, a black tea milk tea, fifty percent sweet. But if I'm feeling like I want to die, I like a taro one. Come on, dude! I think they're very sweet and delicious. I think a pink purple taro with a little cream top. And if if I'm pretending like I'm ordering it for my kids, then I'll get the slushy version too, which is just a milkshake. There's cheese foam. That's the only one I don't like. Yeah, yuck. 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 <laughs> cheese foam came and went. It was kind of like a, it's like a topping fad. But, uh, all right. What's next? Next. All right. It's a sushi dilemma. All right. Dave, would you rather sit at the bar of a decent slash solid sushi place or have a table at a truly transcendent place with an impossible reservation? No, neither. But you have to pick one. No. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather sit at a table at a place that's not good because I'm going to be getting, you know, all the rolls with uh, QP mayonnaise and like cream cheese. That's fine. But yeah, like, it's kind of a, there's a little bit of a logical fallacy here because like you don't want to sit at the counter at a. There mar- have been times that have happened. Like sometimes you can't help it. There have been restaurants that you sit at a table and I'm, I know I'm not going to get the best experience. I'm just doing it because it's like maybe it's a business meeting or formality. Like there's nothing I can do about it, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to have a transcendent experience. I just know it's going to be second tier. So no, I won't. I'll do it because I have to. It's not because I want to. (laughs) Sitting at a fucking table at a good sushi restaurant is for suckers. (laughs) Full stop. I mean, it is. Tell me I'm fucking wrong. It happens sometimes if you have a big group and even if it's like a small buyout or something, you have no choice. But like 
to eat high-end sushi yacht, that's like getting... Yeah, that's that's a bummer. That's a bummer all around. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, what's a what's a stupid analogy? I don't even know. Uh, it's like going to a movie theater. It's like getting, if you're so, you know, inclined to do, getting some fancy Italian sports car and then driving it off a cliff. <laughs> it's... It's, it's not it's not quite that. It's like getting a fancy Italian sports car and also hiring a chauffeur to drive you in it. Like, no. It's driving off a cliff. <laughs> okay. It, no. It's getting that fancy Italian rare sports car and driving it into a car right when you leave the parking lot. It's like getting a fancy Italian sports car and then just to- towing it around town. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. All right, guys. Thanks. Give us five stars. I don't know how long this podcast was, but Chris and I have to get some sleep or something. We're really, we just did a, a recipe club and to this, but uh, appreciate it, guys. Give us five stars. 